0: what's up fight fan you are listening to mma daily the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts it is monday september 25th 2023 and this week's episode the final quarter of 2023 set we'll talk about this last weekend's ufc main event Rafael Faziv taking on mateusz gamrot we'll talk about the latest in mma news Fight announcements, pay-per-views, and everything in between. It is quite the end to the year. We'll talk about a lot of things going on outside the UFC, the latest on Bellator and the PFL. And we'll just have a great conversation, because there's no UFC, Bellator, or major MMA this week. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Natalie Zamudio.
1: Hello, Double G. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of a break. Sometimes uh, sometimes you need a break, right? Take a little time off.
0: <laughs> well, one thing I would say is that, um, what was it? It's like six, seven weeks the UFC was on the road with big mm-hmm. events, or at least not at Apex. They obviously had Noche, which was still in Vegas. But um, yeah, I feel like after that kind of run, this is that quote-unquote break. Like I can imagine the PR group is like, oh, you mean we don't have to account for managing our athletes through arenas and venues all week perfect so i can imagine that and also yeah you know it's um the ufc schedule is so consistent that it is kind of nice but uh what about you
1: yeah i mean i'm 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 always up for a little bit of a of a break considering the big run we've had and uh, especially with um you know a little break in the pay-per-view i like that too
0: (laughs) I will say that like every now and then, like, all right, on Monday, oh, there's no UFC, all right, whatever. And mm-hmm. then as my week goes on, sometimes I'm just like, wait, you know, like uh, videos, something, you yeah, know, that's there's true. a lot of little yeah. things that go into it. And then Saturday, like if I'm not working or something, it's like, um, wait, you know, like, oh, UFC tonight. No, there's no UFC tonight It's say, like, oh, well, let me think of something now <laughs> anyway. Uh, Little things, first world problems. For sure. Uh, Let's get in. Oh, before I forget, do you remember the days when they'd actually do Friday, Saturday, like UFC events?
1: Yeah, I do remember that. Especially like tough. Remember? Was that?
0: Like tough finales on Fridays, stuff on Saturday. Sometimes they'd do a fight night Friday, pay-per-view on Saturday. I remember they once did a Las Vegas on Friday, Brazil on Saturday. It, It is wild to me that... As busy as the schedule is, they just don't do that anymore. You know what I mean?
1: It is crazy. They used to even do a Thursday. Like, there was one year where they did Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
0: <laughs> yeah, UFC 200. Oh, oh they that. did. And, like, dude, it, what was crazy <laughs> is, like, they had a title fight on the Thursday card. I don't even remember. And then Friday was, like, Ultimate Fighter. And Ultimate then Saturday fight. was the freaking mega pay-per-view. Yeah, Eddie Alvarez. I remember when RDA got the title or lost the title from him. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, dude, it's like it wasn't like they were putting no, you know, little two-cent fights. They were putting freaking title fights on Thursday cards. Yeah. That was wild. But, um, yeah, my whole point is that, like, as busy as the UFC schedule is, it actually used to be a little crazier. <laughs> uh, but you know what else was crazy? The ending to this Saturday's UFC main event. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, that was a decent scrap for, you know, the two-ish rounds that it was. Uh, Gamrod, you know, the thing about Gamrod, and he talks about it. I want to test my grappling, how comfortable that guy is wanting to stand with some of these strikers. Because you would think more of his strategy would be to just, similar to Mahachev, like, it doesn't matter how good I am, everything goes into my really good grappling. Gamrod seemed very happy to just do his thing on the feet. Um, Fizeev, uh, look, the speed on that man when he just lets that combination rip, it, it really is something, right?
1: That was um, unbelievable. It was like a video game. The sound of it, like you never hear punches in that quick succession, that many punches in that quick succession.
0: Unreal. It, exactly. And Gamrot was good with it. Gamrot, you know, didn't suddenly start, you know, uh, shooting the doubles and all that. He was like, all right, well, you know, this is what I'm dealing with and just stood his ground and... Props to him. I think it started to make for a fun fight after five minutes. Uh, a little bit more the same in the second, and then... Very awkward, just you could tell the way he planted, he clearly just put too much on that knee. Talk, you know, throws the kick, it gets blocked, but then Feziyev, before he lands, automatically crumples. Leg is compromised, they find out he tore um some of the ligaments in that left knee. And that's all she wrote. Ends by injury. Um, not too much, obviously, to talk about from there. But what were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it was like it sucks. Nobody wants to lose that way or win that way. Um, and at first, me, just like uh, the commentators, I thought it was the right leg, the kicking leg. But then they, you know, obviously they go back over and over again and scrutinize the heck out of it, and it was the the planted foot, the knee that popped. Uh, it sucks, man. It's, it's terrible. And when you know that things got torn, you know, it's going to take a while. And you think about what, a, you know, how he was progressing so well through the division and how much of a setback is this going to be? So a lot of stuff to think about for him. I'll say this, and maybe I'm just, it's because I've never been in a fight in my whole life. But if you win a fight, I know they're saying a win is a win. But I feel like if I want to fight because my opponent injured his leg, I don't know how much I'd be celebrating, how excited I'd be. But, again, I have no idea what it's like to be in there. And and you can go ahead and make a case saying that, you know, your defense was so good that, you know, you're just basically like kicking a concrete wall, and that's why Fazeev got hurt. So, you know, obviously there's a case for that. But it kind of irks me a little bit when, when – See, it irked me a little bit to see Gamrat celebrating as much as he did initially. It reminds me of, you know, Chris Weidman, Anderson Silva. Not to compare them as fighters, but that kind of stuff always bothers me a little bit. So I don't know. Do you care at all when the when the winner is is celebrating off of an injury to his opponent?
0: I mean, there's sometimes that thing to be said that it's like, well, they got injured fighting you too hard and you're that tough, right? Right, So right. it's not necessarily Gamrot's fault. I don't know that he has to feel guilty that Viziev hurt himself I don't know. And any fighter. um, But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's kind of like when it's anticlimactic like that, but then I also remember it's like, hey, a win's a, win. a win's a win. You put in this hard work and got in the cage. And look, I mean... Case in point, like you say with Weidman Anderson, anything can happen out there. You're not necessarily responsible for all of it when it's a freak accident like that. So, yeah, I I do feel like maybe it's a little bit of a slightly off-putting reaction. But we've never gotten the indication that Gamrod is this kind of unsportsmanlike kind of guy. So I think it's just a lot of the moment. You worked hard. You were in a scrap. uh, You didn't do anything, you know. You you got bones of iron and he hurt himself. That's not necessarily on you. Take the dub. So yep. I understand both sides, but um, a little off-putting. But I also feel like we also know it in context why he was celebrating. I don't think that it was necessarily because he felt like, you know, oh my gosh, yes, he got hurt. I got this win. That is not why he threw his arms up and, you know, celebrated, you know? Of course. Yeah. So th- that's how I feel about it um one thing for gamrot it does where you go from here with him i'll admit the fazia fight worked because both of these guys are trying to break through into that upper echelon and gamrot beating a really good guy like sarukian stumbles against Benil, and then he bounces back against jalen turner who was on a roll and then obviously uh you know this fight was another key one in the rankings. I'll admit that I don't really know where a guy like him could go from here. Um, He called out Charles. I mean, that's a little bit out of reach. I mean, for crying out loud, Charles might be the champ in less than a month. So I think there is a wait and see. I wouldn't mind Poirier. If Poirier still wants to come back this year, which I saw him tease, the problem is unless they add them to Madison Square Garden... I don't know that there's room for Poirier and a Gamrot somewhere, so Poirier stands out as someone new. If not, I think you got to wait and see what happens to some people. Uh, There's a particular fighter who I think has been planning on fighting Conor McGregor, but now I'm not sure if he will fight Conor McGregor, and suddenly that dude coming off a loss doesn't seem like the craziest thought for Gamrot. But I understand you're not exactly trying to fight Gamrot when you were planning to fight Conor McGregor, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a
1: big step back. When
0: I look at the rankings, when I look at the math, there's not a guy who I would say, oh, you could book those two tomorrow. But there are people who could be booked in a little while from now. So unfortunately, I think Gamrot has to wait and see. What about you? What do you see next for Mateusz?
1: Yeah, a little bit of waiting because there's no way on earth that Chandler agrees to that fight, but... You also don't want to sit on your haunches for too long if you're Chandler. Like, he got the, you know, the red panty night on paper, but it's not materialized, and, you know, he's not getting any younger. He's pretty much made a point of saying he's not there for a long time. He's there for a good time, right? So at some point, I think you got to, if you're Chandler, you got to say, not specifically to fight Gamrot, but since you mentioned him, it's like at some point you got to say, Man, do I keep waiting or do I just, you know, keep, do I keep waiting for this guy or do I go find another guy to make a good fight with? And and so Gamrot is a good opponent to do that with. Uh, but, yeah, talk about a, like a downgrade, not to insult Gamrot, but anyone that's not Conor McGregor is going to be considered somewhat of a downgrade, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's very common sense. And here's the thing, and we're going to bring this up in our news segment coming up in a minute. But it's like yeah, you don't take fights like that unless you know your you know, money fight is officially gone. Like right. you can see yourself on the shore and you literally see that boat in the ocean already without mm-hmm. you. Right. That's the only reason you now take a fight from Connor to a gamrot. So yeah, that that's something I'll acknowledge right there. Um, highlights of the undercard, uh Bryce Mitchell comes back, uh really just um you know, had that scrap with uh Dan Ige but the fight is probably more known for that uh entire post-fight sequence and he's got his bible and it looks like he's ready to have a mini sermon right there on ESPN and Michael Bisping just pulls uh you know Bryce Mitchell everyone yep <laughs> what were your thoughts on that one
1: I was cracking up I couldn't believe it initially you know when Joe Martinez is saying his name I'm not paying full attention, I'll be honest with you. And then I hear screaming, and I look up, and he's holding a Bible. I don't know what he was shouting. Did you hear what he shouted? I don't know. Jesus, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't think he had necessarily, like, you know, one of the <laughs> one of the verses ready.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you know, Dominic Cruz cannot help it. And so he's, like, uh, you know, trying hard not to be insulting, but also picking at him a little bit. Uh, so we get to the end of the fight. He's trying to force Danny gay to pray with him on the microphone, and I think Bisping totally did the right thing. Listen, I have I have uh, family members that like to push praying on others, and I'm not a fan of that. So even though it's funny, I kind of you know also I'm just like Ugh, man, I hate when people do that <laughs> when try to shove a Bible in your face. So. um, it's It was unexpected, we'll just say that. And, you know, poor Dan Ige, I don't know, there was no one there to help him out at the end once Bisping walked away, and so he <laughs> Bryce Mitchell basically dragged him down to his knees and forced him to pray. Now, were they praying for a good cause? Yes. And, you know, nothing wrong with praying, man, But but I don't like when people force other people to pray, I'll just say that. <laughs>
0: The live TV aspect is the one that kind of does Bryce Mitchell in. I don't think he had bad intent. And I think Ige knew he didn't have any. Of course not. He wasn't trying to troll him. He wasn't trying to like, hey, bro, I know I just beat you. And now I'm going to make you do this for me when you probably just want to go back to the locker room. But, you know, I think there's always time and place and a context for everything. Uh, I know Bryce Mitchell probably went in there wanting to do something um bryce mitchell we are on live television we have a broadcast that needs to get going we cannot stop for this uh dana white kind of acknowledged as much uh, about him two months ago with clay guida he kind of gets the mic and they think he's gonna retire and he essentially just wants to shout out someone for their birthday and dana's like guys we're on live tv you need a you know like don't do the fake out just because you want the camera for a couple uh, more minutes so you could say some stuff you know yeah yeah so time and place but I don't think there was bad intent from Bryce so yeah uh, very uh, also um we didn't talk about it but if you watch the two ninety three broadcast at Australia and everyone's dropping those f bombs yeah DC on the first one with uh. What is it? Charlie? Charles? Something like it. Ratke, that guy. Um, you know, Ratke kind of goes off, and then DC gets into that moment, and eventually he just kind of, literally like a TV cartoon, just pulls the plug. Like, Ratke's talking, and he just pulls it back to himself. Charles Ratke, everybody. And then uh, Manel Cop starts going. And the second he drops that F-bomb, DC doesn't even hesitate. He just says, m and cop, everyone. (laughs) I think that people are learning and they're like, hey, the second they go off that rail even a little bit, boom, that's it. And you don't pass them back the mic. You don't turn back around. You just walk back out of the cage. Their time is done yep <laughs> which is very uncomfortable because now like no one wants to be left looking like that on live television it lives forever on the internet but that's where we are yeah so yeah i i think that there's something to be said that they are very um they just don't play like that anymore with the live broadcast i think they're very careful and they're instructed to be very like oy, you know there's only so much we could say we got to move it along
1: so yeah for go. sure
0: Um, MMA news, let's get into it. Uh, UFC 295, November 11th, Madison Square Garden. You know about Jon Jones and Stipe Miocic. They announced Yuri Prohashka making his comeback to take on Alex Pajera. Um, Obviously, Yuri hasn't fought since the fight with Glover last year, the fight of the year. Injured himself before the rematch in December. And then Paredes coming off that victory over Blahovic late July. Um, also on this card, we have Jessica Andrade taking on Mackenzie Dern. And that's really the the triple header. That's the meat on the sandwich for MSG. What are your thoughts?
1: I love it, man. This is this is killer, dude. Like, you know, again, I say this all the time, but there are boxing matches. Every, every boxing pay-per-view, you're just paying for the main event. And MMA is UFC is really good at stacking the cards and so you feel like when it's a pay-per-view you're getting your money's worth for the most part this is one of those fights UFC 295 Jones Stipe were you would have just paid for this fight alone but now they're adding some 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 juice to it yeah meat to the bones as you say Jerry Pereira uh sorry for Pereira dude that's crazy that's I mean I know we talked about it and stuff but thinking about first of all jerry coming back and that's what he's going to straight to that that's a, that's like of course he's gonna go back to for a title shot but it's it's like no walk in the park right i mean his other option would have been jamal hill had he not be injured so it was going to be hard no matter what but i just think about alex's career he's been in the ufc for what two years like it's been a crazy yeah. amount of short amount of time and it's been almost title fights exclusively or, you know, top, top-tier top fights. So that's a pretty awesome UFC career for that guy. Um, you know, we can break it down come November, but I expect a heck of a fight between those two. Also, of course, John Jones-Stipe. Jessica Andrade and Mackenzie Dern. This is interesting. Normally, anyone fighting Jessica Andrade, however no matter however tall they were, I would say oh, they're, they're in trouble because Andrade hits like a bomb, or, you know, hits like a truck, excuse me. I can't, I don't know what her record is right now. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I feel like she's lost more than she's won the last three or four, right? I know she's taken short notice fights too, um, but it's not been a great run for her lately. That doesn't diminish who Andrade is, is. but Mackenzie Dern, to me, has been looking really good lately. Um, she did lose to Blanchfield. Was that her, my um, yeah, yeah 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 okay Earlier
0: this year short notice Short
1: sure no- yeah so so like you know Mackenzie Dern though has been getting better every fight she also has big heavy hands and she's skilled everywhere on the ground of course her striking is a lot better not much in the way of kicking but Andrade doesn't really kick either um This is going to be a heck of a fight, man. This is a good matchup. And I'm actually, surprisingly, at this point in Andraj's career, more worried for her than for her opponent. I think it's going to be a challenge for Andraj. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, so we've known about this fight for a minute, and I think the biggest thing about it is always just... Jessica Andraj wanted a new contract. She was very happy with it. That's why she accepted the short notice with Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah. And since then, she's just been kind of like... It's like you, she just keeps doubling down. It almost feels like to recoup money. And not that she isn't obviously getting paid a good flat right now up front. But all right, you short notice Blanchfield. Full camp, yon doesn't go your way. Come back short notice Tatiana Suarez. It's like... Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it is a very... And this could be it. She did have the title fight. The Yan the shanan fight was title eliminator. Uh, I'll say that. I think a lot of us felt that way. I don't know if she feels like at her age now. Now it's just like, well, let me just keep cashing in on this contract before I start to slow down with my skills. Yep. But... Logistically, I don't know how you could look at this timetable and say this is a good strategy for your athlete. And look, um, outside of that, uh, I, how else do I put this? She did the OnlyFans thing, and you know, she did that photo shoot that everyone saw with her belt and all that. Came out later to say that, like, I really didn't want to do it. It made me feel not good about it. But that, like, she needed the money or something to that effect. Okay. So I'm not one to speak on what is her situation, how does she want to live, that she feels like, well, I get paid a lot when I fight, so let me fight a lot so I can pay these bills or something. You know, I I hate to, you know, break it down to such a simple thing because she's a former champion and she's been in the UFC for a long time and she's really popular and she's done well. But then it's like, I don't know her situation. Why does she keep taking these fights that you got to think smarter people are telling her, Jessica, I know you're feeling all good, but a little more time off. Really get recalibrated. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Now, look, she's still as dangerous as ever. Those, you know, hammers start swinging. Bodies can still start dropping. Mackenzie Dern, very multifaceted fighter, probably isn't going to look to bang with her. She doesn't want to. Might just grapple. All of these things come into play, so I think that all of that in mind, you just gotta be a little ready for it. And that's just how it is, so we we'll go from there. Um, in terms of Yuri and Alex, uh, just the violence level at the, in a fight like that. Um, Alex looks to throw low volume, but they're made to do damage, Yuri throws in high volume, to do damage but the fact is neither man really goes out there to point fight they are looking to set up the best position to end the fight with one shot yeah that obviously makes for a lot of action uh yiri physically that's a powerful athlete right there and the only x factor is you know where is that because healthy yiri is a beast to deal with in the cage physically Pereira's very tall very long you know, just very physically gifted himself. But you gotta think that Yuri's just that wild factor. You know, he, he's gonna come from all these angles. Physically, if he's up to par, if he's rehabbed that shoulder, if he physically is even 90% of the guy we saw against Glover, that is a very difficult guy for a technical fighter like Alex to deal with. And then, if he's not, the game becomes very different, right? But there's no, there's very few equations where you don't see this ending with a lot of action. So, you gotta love it. And then, John Jones is John Jones. They could tell you we have none of these fights and John Jones is at the top of it in MSG. Oh, it's gonna sell out. I'll tell you right now, March was a sellout. March was gangbusters. And let me make it clear. Everybody and their mama was there to see John. Yes, we like Valentina. And I think we had Drakus and I think we had Bo Nickel. We were, yeah, Ian Gary. They were there because, and they paid the ticket price because they wanted to see how great John Jones could be. Yeah. And he's back again against the heavyweight leader, title defenses, dominant skills. It's great. I think it's going to be fun. Let's go um next one in uh vegas so this one also announced uh leon edwards taking on colby covington in the co-main event uh, co-main event uh alexandre pantoja you know i love saying <laughs> it alexandre pantoja yeah. takes on brandon Royval. um look obviously leon coming off that defense in london against Kamaru Usman. colby hasn't fought since fighting jorge last march not 2023 March 2022 March. Um Pantosia just beat uh, Moreno in a five rounder in July. Brandon Royval been on a roll since losing to Pantosha in 2021. And then not for nothing, Ian Gary taking on Vicente Luque, the Battle of the Kilkliff FC guys or Kilcliffe Gym guys, and then Patty Pimblett taking on Tony Ferguson. So quite the four pack there going on. Um, we're going to talk about who's not there next, but talk about who we have there. What are your thoughts?
1: Dude, that's, you know, okay. Leon Edwards, Colby Covington. Oof, you know, we, we knew it was coming, right? So, okay. But when you get the confirmation, I don't know how long has it been since Colby Covington's fought? That's, I mean, obviously he was sitting out for this, for this title shot. And after Leon defeated Kamara the second time, it was pretty much Known that was going to be the new opponent, the next opponent. But having it in writing is—it's uh, exciting. I—I'm I going to be honest with you. You know, I mean, you know this. I can't stand Colby Covington on the mic, but I do enjoy his fighting. It's—it's, it's, you know, consistent. It's effective, and it—it it gets the job done. But how will it—how um, will it stand to against Leon Edwards, who defeated Kamaru so? seamlessly the second time around. Um, looking forward to the lead-up for this December bout. Colby on the mic. He's already done an interview with James Lynch. Uh, probably others, that's just the only one I'm aware of. And so, you know, he's going to be out there uh, sharing his wisdom with the folks. Um, Pantoja, Brandon Roval, that's cool. I mean, it's it's expected. It's, it's going to be exciting, but I'm not, like, jumping out of my seat for it because – Colby Edwards is the one I'll be there for, but also Patty Pimblett, Tony, Patty Pimblett, Tony Ferguson. That's like, should we be praying for Pimblett or Ferguson? Like who's more in trouble here? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I mean this, that is probably the biggest, like, um, what's it called? Question mark on this one. Yeah. I, I hate to say it. It does feel like this is the, tony ferguson um end of the line party yeah and okay so we talked about this and i love tony ferguson as much as the next guy i think he's really cool if he wasn't such a fan favorite and i saw a guy on the kind of losing streak he is on i know what i'd say about him and I know there's something to be said for him. he was at the top, he's really popular, still a draw, etc., etc. This is six or seven in a row. I don't even want to count them because it's just going to make me feel like I'm kicking a man while he's down. Mm-hmm. Um, And then you have Paddy Pimblet, stylistically makes for an exciting fight similar to the Bobby Green one. Paddy coming off the injury, but he gets 12 months to recover. I think that feels like a lot of time to do what you need to do. But I think at the end of the day, like, okay, that's the question. Tony Ferguson, you know, like, are you putting him out to pasture to raise Patty Pimblett now? Uh, I it, it feels that way. I don't know where Tony's contract is at. He obviously has had a lot of fights I think now you just got to answer the question. It's like, all right, well, what are we going to get? Is it that one last night of magic, or do we got to say Tony? I think that um, it's just time, man. I don't want that, like I said, but I also acknowledge his age and the skitties on, like I said before. So, I love Tony. I would be one of those many fans who would be, you know, I, I saw this, like, gif come out. I don't know if you saw the... uh you, you had to have seen it probably that clip of conor mcgregor at tough he avoids being like swept and he has one of his fighters win and he just kind of goes off and he does the whole the the screech and the yell yeah 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 he's like yeah. way too excited yeah. yeah and the caption is like um well, like if tony ferguson stops bobby green in the first round this is gonna be my reaction and it's just you know <laughs> I would be one of those many people who would be very happy to see him not go out like that. But once again, it's like, I know, I think everyone going in knows what this looks like. So, I think that's the biggest one. Um, like, look, it'll be what it'll be. Ian Gary, Vicente Luque, I think that one's huge. I think that this is a very... Ian Gary starts taking on top four fighters if he wins in the in that fight. Vicente Luque... Gets back into talking about fighting those types of guys if he wins this fight. Yeah. Big, high stakes. Uh, Pantoja um, think. So here's what I'll say. I know after having all of this stuff happen with trilogies and quadrilogies and all this other stuff with the title, a change of pace is nice. That being said, now I almost... I almost wish we got a Brandon Moreno announcement too. Like, I would have loved to hear... We're gonna go Pantoja Roel and Brandon Albazi. Mm. I think that would have made okay. So now things are moving. Hell, let's throw Manel Cape and uh, Kai Karol France on the card too. Let's get <laughs> crazy. I, I would have loved that because then it's like, all right, now this makes me more excited for the title fight because now I know what they're dealing with, right? I would have liked that. We didn't get it. Okay, it is what it is. All of the, Put all of that together. Good times are at flyweight. Similar matchups that I just said are probably coming, but just by itself, I get it. Now there's less name value, so it doesn't, you know, doesn't blow my socks off. My shoes stay firmly laced, so right, there right. you go. And then, uh, look, the main event is what it is. Um, we've been waiting for it. High stakes. I think for Leon Edwards... I mean, you look at his last several fights, even Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz isn't as much a talker outside the cage leading up to a fight as much as he is in it. And now you have this fight. You got a guy who's going to do all the talking for you. But the problem with that is you now have to deliver. And while Colby has similar skills, he fights differently compared to Kamaru Usman and some of these guys. That mix of the forward pressure and the wrestling... It really does speak. There's a reason it's a problem for so many guys. And like you said, there's only one thing worse than losing when you've talked all that trash. It's losing to a guy who talked that much trash. Yeah. So all the pressure's on Leon Edwards, and a lot is on Colby. Bro, you've been out over a year and a half. You better put up or shut up. Yeah, because really the vitriol, I mean, let's be real. It doesn't get much worse than it already has for him, but it will still be bad if he loses. And that says everything you need to know as a grouping. I like the five fights. There's plenty of name value, plenty of high stakes to get excited about. I'm sure the prelims are going to be good. But yeah, overall, very like, all right, if I'm paying 80 bucks as a fan. I'm happy with it. I feel like I'm getting just about everything I could want out of those five fights. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there yeah. you go. Oh, and I think uh, they announced Shafkot for that card too. Wonderboy Thompson.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. We,
0: I mean, bruh. Boy. I mean, this is... I think. Wait, is that all five? So Leon, Pantoja, Patty, Ian, Shafkot. Yeah, that bruh. Take my money. It's good. Make I'm ready sense. for it. Yeah. Yeah um let's talk about in the elephant in the room that is the december pay-per-view and who is not here mr (laughs) conor mcgregor um all right so we knew this is very likely a possibility the closer it got the more we figured uh probably not gonna happen um here's my prevailing theory and it could be as simple as you know what he's selling more stout he's doing more business he doesn't feel like fighting in December. He wants to push it to April, 300. Maybe that's it. It could just be that simple. The the former double champ does what the he wants. Yep. Right. Here's another theory I have. In when did they announce this? March. Him and Chandler. Tough. Yeah. Uh, you know who was coming off a loss at that time? Justin Gaethje. Okay. Hadn't beaten Fiziyev yet. Wasn't the BMF yet. There wasn't talk about a BMF again yet. You know who's not in the UFC and was more talking about leaving and focused on Jake Paul? Nate Diaz. <laughs> Both of those fights, you could argue, are now back on the table. Nate wants to come back. Uh, Gaethje, now, in, uh, arguably, this is the most popular, if not more so, he's been since he went into that fight with Habib a few years ago. Both of those fights easily outsell the Michael Chandler fight with Conor. Yeah, that's true. If you're telling me Conor isn't flexing his muscle a bit to see if he can make one of those fights happen. I mean, come on, they're right there. He knows he could probably do it. The issue with that is that Gaethje probably isn't focused on it. And Nate Diaz is probably going to ask for a lot. Nate Diaz is like, oh, you want me to come back and fight Conor McGregor? I want you know X Y Z W V U T A B C. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gaethje just feels like uh, I don't want to do a full camp and fight when I'm waiting for a title shot. Probably. Probably. You know, he knows he's really favored to beat Gaethje to beat Connor. Most people favor Gaethje. Stylistically, they feel he's got Connor's number. Yep. Doesn't matter. I can fight Connor as champion. I, I I want that belt on my resume before it's all done. Okay, fair enough. You're telling me Connor isn't trying to make these fights anyway? I have to imagine that's on the table. Because at this point I know that any other fighter, what, you did tough, but you're not gonna fight the other coach? Yeah, it's Connor McGregor. Right. Once again, he does what the he wants. <laughs> that's the only thing I can imagine is happening. Why else are we why are we kicking the can anymore at this point? Anyway, I'll toss it to you.
1: Yeah, man, I mean those are they make a lot of sense, your uh, your positions there. And sometimes, though, when Conor McGregor tweets, I just want to fight and they're not letting me fight, I believe him. And am I wrong to believe him? Like, do you think he's really – do you believe that he's willing to fight anyone or is he really just saying that and wants to only fight the biggest – at this point, right, okay, at this point, considering he's had such a long time between fights, you think he's chomping at the bit to fight or that's just bluster?
0: Believe it or not, I think he does. Yeah. I think here's the problem. He's Conor McGregor. Nobody gets into a fight with Conor McGregor because you're stupid to not do business first. You want to fight Conor? You know how much money you could set up for yourself? If you're Nate Diaz, you know how big it is? You know how much money UFC is going to make? I'm I'm negotiating my cut before I sign the dotted line. I'm not going to just, you know... Any, you know, have gloves, will travel, anyone, anywhere. No, I got kids. I got a family. I want a Lamborghini yacht. I'm going to negotiate before I fight Conor. That's why I think maybe, yeah. Do I think, is it just about getting in the cage? Sure. I think he wants to scrap. I do, honestly, in my heart, I believe he's got that in him. But the thing is, all these guys want to negotiate freaking an arm and a leg out of it before they say, oh, yeah, let's do it. Get the presser scheduled. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But I wish I wish that he would just fight. I wish he would have just cuz now what 300 is going to be in what March or April?
0: Aprilish is the April. target. If they they could double up like January pay-per-views and then maybe it may fits March, but I don't think they want to do that. I think it's going to just fall in April.
1: Yeah. And you know, I I feel more like it's the UFC just telling him, "Nope. We're not going to do it. We've already gone this far into the year." And 300 is closer to us now than it was when we, we, we booked this fight with Chandler in March of 2023. So you're going to have to wait. We're saving you for 300. It's kind of like what happened during COVID where like they didn't want to book. I, my feeling was, and he said as much anyway, they didn't want to book them when there was no audience because they were going to lose that on the gate, right? And they didn't want to do that. So it's almost like a, the double-edged sword of being Conor McGregor. You're so valuable. You're so highly valued that they only let you fight once in a blue moon when it's going to make the most money for the UFC versus just making a good amount of money whenever Conor wants to fight. Uh, all that being said, I really wish he would just fight Michael Chandler to get it over with. Win or lose, he's still going to be the biggest name in UFC. Win or lose, he can still get a fight with Nate Diaz. Because um, you're right, Justin Gaethje not going to fight him when he's got the belt um, in his sights. Um, but yeah, I... I'm I'm disappointed and I wished that they had found a way to get this done for December maybe they'll sneak it in as a surprise over the top above Leon and Colby but I doubt it um and so I have a feeling we're gonna just have to wait until 300
0: yeah I I don't see them sneaking it in anymore because now that's three guys getting pay-per-view points that are losing it so you just lose the return yeah. Leon gets a cut, Pantoja gets a cut, Connor gets the biggest cut. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, um, UFC trying to make money. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like like I said, they could just he could just be selling stout, and they're like Connor, UFC three hundred, you and Chandler, let's go, boom, that's it, end a story, the UFC's biggest star ever on a seminal night, you know, milestone, uh, you know, sells itself. That could easily happen, and that's the end of it. But once again, now the timetable, we're in September still. You're telling me a deal can't get done by the end of the year, and you put Connor Nate in April? That's more than enough time. That could easily happen. Yeah. And I can't tell you that fans won't be more excited for Connor Nate 3 than they will be for this Connor Chandler thing. Remember, Tough didn't do what they hoped it would do. Right A lot of people talked about tuning out. um I saw you know most of the season they didn't really sell a fight with Connor and Chandler of the ten or so episodes, however many it is, they maybe had ten, fifteen minutes of significant screen time where I was like, Okay, they're in conflict or they're quote selling this fight, yeah, most of it was just well, Connor's losing to Chandler's team, not necessarily. <laughs> It didn't make me more or less excited for a Connor Chandler matchup. Right. Besides the fact that I'm sure Connor would love it. And Chandler, we know how much this means to him to have this. He's obviously, like we talked about with Gamrot, he's not going to change gears until he probably sees a poster of Connor and someone else out there on x.com slash UFC. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. So th- that's where we are. Um, once again, I feel like you can make the Nate fight, but Nate's gonna ask for a lot. They probably asked Justin. Justin's like, Nah, I'm not gonna do it. I want a title shot. I'm the next guy up. Uh, Charles and Islam fight in a month. I'm not gonna do it. He could fight me next year, next July, if he wants it. All of it's right there. So, if you, uh, here, here's what my heart tells me. 60 40 they go Connor Nate UFC 300. Boom. there it is. Yeah,. April. I'm
1: going to say seven, yeah, I'm with you. I feel like it's higher. I see 70, 30, yeah. almost 80, 20. like
0: If not him, they do the they keep him and Chandler together on a random card. If it's not Connor, I've already said this several times, but you know, final note. Um, if it's not Connor at 300, they're doing the Strickland-Adesanya rematch.
1: Hmm. Okay. and
0: yeah, i know some a lot of people feel like he doesn't deserve it uh adesanya is the biggest pay-per-view star outside of connor and john
1: yeah he deserves me. it for sure he,
0: they're gonna they're, for usc 300 they'll make the rematch
1: who who against strickland will make more money than adesanya against strickland too like,
0: exactly yeah. yeah you know could you do yeah uh, do other fights make sense kind of you could do strickland against dracus and all that uh Hamsak gets the worst end of the deal. His layoff now has pushed him out of the picture when you could argue everyone is trying to force him into it. Mm-hmm. And so where you go with him, I don't know. They'll figure that out. But, yeah, that's just where we are. Um, Going forward now, MMA news. Dana White did say they're going to do the trilogy with Alexa and Valentina. He would committed to an annual event on Mexican Independence Day, even if it's not in Vegas, even if he doesn't have T-Mobile, even if Canelo or someone else wants the date, he's doing it. Nice. They're going to fight again. Says he wants to, like I said, Noche UFC, I think it just kind of make it a thing. Um, He did also say, all right, so Aaron Blanchfield, Manon Fior probably makes sense too. What are your thoughts?
1: You know, I, it's the right move. Shevchenko Russell Shevchenko three. It's tough for me as a big Shevchenko fan to to watch this fight again because I just get nervous and I, I don't want this to be, you know, three in a row, three losses in a row, but I think they make a great matchup. They're both just getting after it. No one's yielding. We've seen that in the both in the first two fights, especially the second. It's the right thing to do, not only because Shevchenko looked great and so did Grasso. They were going back and forth, but because of that darn judges scorecard, like there's always going to be an asterisk here. You got to run it back. So I'm glad he agreed. I know he was super pissed about that judge's decision. Also glad about the the commitment to Noche UFC. That's kind of ballsy saying like, we're just going to sort of, you know, box out or elbow our way into this night. Uh, you know, whoever else wants to do a, a, a combat sports event on that night, go for it. But we're telling the world we're planting our flag here, too. So I like the energy behind that.
0: You know, so I get it. Now that he said it, it's kind of like, well, I just come to terms with it. I personally feel like the ones that really lose out are Manon and Aaron, because we've talked about this. There's only a short window for you to secure the bag when you're on a roll. Aaron's on a roll. Manone's on a roll. They've been putting in work. Manone especially. And now you're up against a really tough opponent. And when you should have the title fight. And I understand one of them was always going to get screwed, but now it's not just you lose a title fight. You you could take a there's a very big chance one of them takes the L and they don't get a draw and get to make a lateral move. So that really sucks because I want to see these. I I always want to see anyone who's on a roll take it as far as they can. Be all you could be. If you put together an Anderson Silva, Demetrius Johnson win streak, I want to see it. And when you are in these positions but you're not the champion, I know how much money you're losing out on. And that really sucks. So yeah. As much as I get it, it makes sense. Uh, let's get a resolution to Valentina, Alexa. We, we've we gotten it twice back to back. You know, other girls are putting in work. So that's my only thing about it. Um, make it happen, let's go. Aaron, Manone. let's go. But yeah, that, that was my thing. I really would have rather seen Alexa, Aaron, Manone, Valentina... Everyone show how great you can be, and the winners fight the winners. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right, so here's the thing. We don't know when this fight's going to be, so let's throw out some math. Cinco de Mayo is like eight months away from mm-hmm. right now, maybe seven, um, depending on— Yeah, about seven, seven eight months. Uh, obviously, Independence Day is a year from now. I don't see them waiting that long to do the rematch. And I'm also not saying that Cinco de Mayo would have been where they put Alexa and Valentina anyway. They Uh could put Yair there and put Brandon on Independence Day. They could really... Guys can fight multiple times before then. When do they do this? I don't know. This suddenly starts to feel like the co-main event to 300 Strickland Adesanya or Connor Chandler. You know, it's uh, all of that. I feel like we're targeting a spring fight for everybody if not early summer, depending on Valentina's injury. So I think that's just where we're at. We'll figure it all out.
1: Yeah, makes yeah. sense.
0: Um, What's our next one? So another fight announcement. Jared Cannoneer, Roman Uh Jared is on a two-fight win streak and beat Sean Strickland. He was the backup for Adesanya Strickland. And... Quite bluntly, I feel like he's got to have some feelings about not being given that fight but fighting Roman. Um, Roman is looking to bounce back from a loss to Marvin Vittori, but he was doing well before then. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, You know, this is a fine fight. It's not one of those that I give much uh, thought to. You know, Jared Cannoneer is always... Well, I should say it's hit or miss, right? Sometimes he's in there and he's knocking people out. Sometimes he's fighting a little too patiently, a little too carefully, and it's not the most exciting. So it's a good fight, and, you know, I'm not thrilled about it, though. Put it that way.
0: Put it this way. um, This is going to be the crux of the question. Jared Cannonier beats Sean Strickland. How outraged are you that he does not get a better fight? I'm not. Why?
1: He's just not... How do I say this without sounding terrible? He's not special enough.
0: This is... the division right now. This is the crux of something we talk about. Meritocracy just isn't everything. Jared's a perfectly nice guy. He's a fun guy to watch most nights. Um, I think, though, this was always the thing that happened... And this is how Manon Fior, this is how Benil Dariush, uh, Bilal Muhammad. you got some perfectly great guys that if they do not elicit enough emotion and that investment from the fan base, this is what happens, right? You could be fighting for the title, it makes sense, but you're fighting Roman Dolizzi? Sorry, not sorry? Yeah. Roman's a perfectly tough contender. I think we could see Roman break into that picture, to be quite honest with you. He's right there like Jack Hermanson. But I think, though, this is where we always go back to it. This is why, you know, a little bit of that branding and stuff is important. Hamzat is Hamzat, and he's got it. Even Polo Costa has kind of cracked the code a little bit. He's figured it out. Strickland and them. I think that Jared... This is where, you know, making some noise is so valuable. Because I think now Jared becomes that, he. he you just saw him got get shafted. He could easily be saying, um, let me wait, I'm fighting Hamza. I'm fighting Costa. And I, I'm getting a title shot off of this one. And let Izzy and Duplessis, you know, and all of these guys fight for it. I'm going to fight for my title shot. Instead, you get shunted out of the conversation. And maybe he feels like he needs to stay active. And maybe this isn't the worst move for him. But because of that, because there's no outrage, this is how you end up on being on the outside looking in in the title picture. And I think that that's what we just saw against uh, with happened. Jared Cannonier. Yeah. which sucks because he's really good. I favor him to beat Roman. Mm-hmm. But man, does that not suck. Because it's like, dude, you, you beat Strickland. Yeah. So you were the map, backup. Right? Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I get a title shot. Yeah, we're going to give you this fight. What? Yep. <laughs> anyway, that that's what I kind of say. Like, when they break it down, this is why it's a sad thing. Meritocracy just isn't everything. Anyway, uh, th- so that happened. Um, let's talk about a little bit of Bellator, PFL. Per Ariel Helwani, um, the deal is still in the works. There is a lot to be figured out. But per Helwani, they are still working on it. And there is a contingency. There is backups if PFL and Bellator falls through. Um, look, this is a very game-changing deal for both businesses. It's not going to be as a simple matter of, oh, we could do whatever we want with Bellator for 50000000 million. Let's take it. Bellator is worth way more, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, One thing that is gaining traction, the idea that Bellator will not only, you know, be bought out, but they will actually continue as a separate entity to the PFL. Now, what exactly does that mean for saying, let's say, the champions taking on the PFL champions, pay-per-view or otherwise? We don't know. But there is a lot more steam to this idea that Bellator will not only be bought, but they're not going anywhere in 2024. What are your thoughts on that?
1: My first thought is that's stupid to not have the Bellator roster incorporated into PFL and becoming PFL fighters. Uh, but I, I, I think it's stupid because you know I was so excited about PFL finally being rich with fighters we know, fighters we want to watch from Bellator and PFL and, you know, creating some more meaningful competition that's going to entice me and other people to tune in regularly. That's what I was looking forward to. If Bellator is acquired by PFL, but continues to operate under its own brand and fighters from Bellator stay fighters from Bellator, what can we look forward to? In that instance would be what Bellator was already doing with Ryzen, right? Which is pitting these promotions against each other. um, Champions, Bellator champ versus PFL champ but like that seems kind of weird when they're both owned by the same company for some reason it's not as exciting as competing against a wholly outside promotion so I think it's it's strange I don't like this I hope this isn't what shakes out but you know uh, apart from Bellator versus PFL fighting each other and that kind of could be cool I guess what is the upside to 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 Bellator staying as its own promotion, its own entity under the PFL umbrella? Maybe less layoffs. That's obviously a great thing. So I don't know. What do you think? Are you? What do you? What do you hope this this turns out to be? PFL absorbs Bellator, or they coexist under the uh, PFL umbrella?
0: So as I've talked about, probably the biggest thing is that it all of the to to add Bellator would change business as PFL knows it. And yes, they have a lot of money. They are trying to evolve. But you know, I'll use the Leon Edwards example. Leon Edwards is a champion now, probably making big money. Uh in PFL you just have to win 5 fights in a row to make a million. If, yeah. I think sometimes no, it might even be four. Yeah, it, it, I think it's four actually. Sorry. I mean, I don't know where Leon was in four-fight win streak prior to winning the title. I promise you he wasn't making a million. Right. Why is this significant? PFL has a great appeal of big fish, small pond to the free agent market. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm not about to be a UFC pay-per-view guy. They're not going to push me like they're doing Ian, Gary, Patty, and guys like that right this minute. Okay, but now I still got gas in the tank and I can make big money. And, you know, there's, uh, the, the field is overall feels less competitive in PFL than in UFC. Even maybe Bellator. You, you bring in the whole PFL roster, sorry, the whole Bellator roster to PFL. That entire concept is dead. It's done. Too many guys, too much competition. Suddenly it's like, well, take your chances now. Because you now go from fighting for the biggest brand to now you're in a smaller brand, but the competition's just as real. And also, maybe PFL with that much roster, maybe they're not as invested in opening the checkbook for you as they were before. So I think that not combining them... I, I, I'll i say this. If they buy Bellator, the ultimate goal has to be to combine them. I don't think they're just going to use it. I, I think it would just... Bellator is too big of a brand to just condense into a feeder system like the LFA or Fury, you know, Cage Fury FC, Fury FC, all that. It it just it just is. Or essentially, you would uh, you'd essentially just uh harvest it for all the guts. You take the heart out, you take the stomach, you take all the important organs, right? The Johnny Eblins, AJ McKee, Vadim Ryan, you know, all this, Patricio. And then you leave Bellator with what to continue operating? It just just doesn't seem feasible. So I think what we are seeing is they are going to buy it in the process of phasing it out and maintaining their contracts. And I think that in the short term, yeah, they probably are going to bring in the Bellator champions for a pay-per-view and big events. But outside of that, I just think that what it is, is you want to economically dissolve Bellator rather than liquidate it at the end of this year. That's the only way I feel like these pieces work, because we talked about it. There's not a space for everybody in the current PFL. And I don't know that PFL necessarily wants to just let's open up women's flyweight. Let's open up Bantamweight and let's just add all these people and let's go. I just don't think that's what they want to do. And that's why we're doing all of this. You know what I mean? So
1: Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like what you're saying. It makes sense. And I'm also being impatient, feeling impatient because I just want this to get resolved already so we know what the landscape's going to look like with the the rosters of these two fighter of these two promotions. But obviously this is a big negotiation, a big acquisition, or a big you know, absorption, whatever it's going to be. And these things take time. So patience, but impatience at the same time.
0: <laughs> hey, and now they're talking about, um, what's it called? Like there's not only a Bellator 301, a Bellator 302. They're going to keep rolling. Yeah. So that's it's like
1: hilarious. But yeah, I mean,
0: I, I find that. Yeah. Like I think they said this past Friday, sorry, Saturdays Bellator event, 23 fights. That is a very meaty card, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah it you is. You'll be there a lot. all day. All day.
0: <laughs> but um yeah, so business is uh, changing, but I think that's the only way all those pieces work, you know what I mean?
1: I agree, so, I agree.
0: Um final note, this one's on me. Uh, the Bella, sorry, the PFL championships on November is that twenty four? Want to say twenty four. Yeah, November twenty fourth uh it will be a pay-per-view event what are your thoughts
1: can i tell you something double g listen i'm always honest with you like maybe i want to be more diplomatic sometimes but sometimes i think you uh, i know,
0: sure would hope so we've done like 200 episodes yeah yeah
1: i am always honest with you i try to be diplomatic you know as far as the language i use the sentiment how earnestly i express my sentiments about things um but i'm going to tell you right now i'm not going to pay for this pay-per-view Like, unless Francis Ngannou is fighting Kayla Harrison. I don't want to see that. That's a joke. But I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pay for this. Why are they doing this again? Do you know how much money or how well the pay-per-view did last time?
0: I could tell you how well it didn't do. Yeah. There's things I don't know as a fact. I just know to be true. And I know that it, it can't have done well. Yeah. So... I know, uh, so th- this has been the main criticism of the PFL. They don't sell out arenas. They don't go to big venues. They don't move tickets. Um, live attendance is just not a big part of their revenue. And for whatever reason, it's not like there aren't people who want to see it, but they just don't move the fans without certain names often it's just not a thing um like ufc i mean there's a reason dana white touts the gate revenue because it's amazing for them yeah even bellator does really well in big venues they go to big madison square garden they go to you know the the shark tank in san jose is a pretty decent sized venue so is the forum um
1: yeah they're filling it up man pfl
0: doesn't tend to go to these places and so I understand at a certain point, they must feel like they want to show something to the investors outside of just, hey, we're selling hours of commercial time and that's our revenue on the broadcast.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that That's the only thing I think it could be in the contract with ESPN and they could have told ESPN and they're like, yeah, we're going to do it. And you make a cut, obviously. And it's like, maybe that's all it comes down to. But... When I see this I I fully understand I get it and it always goes back to the same thing the pay-per-view business in combat sports is so freaking wild I just saw a thing it's 85 bucks to watch Canelo on Saturday th- th- this week it you know everything costs money the, yep. the Jake Paul pay-per-view against Nate UFC oh, it it's just It's all a thing. And and I get it. This is how they make money. Uh, The boxers talk about it. You know, now with the Floyd Mayweather thing, every company wants to tout their own Floyd Mayweather that they do gangbusters on. And it's like, all right, you pay a lot of money to have your Ryan Garcia. And you sell Ryan Garcia pay-per-views. And then the other guy has their Tank Davis. And they pay Gervonta a lot of money. To sell a lot of pay per views. I get it. This is how the business works now. It is hard for, you know, there's fans who watch UFC and there's fans who watch everything. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, there's one, uh, the first one, the former, far outnumbers the latter. For sure. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. When you know that. It's kind of like asking, why do all the NFL fans not watch XFL or the U.S. football league? <laughs> you know why. Yeah, I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm not going to disrespect people like that, but you know why. It is the same concept. And when you do this and you go to the paywall, that is why the the ship ultimately sinks. I think that PFL has something they need to show The higher ups, the people who own it, the people who have skin in the game, who own the stock, who have a cut, you know, they're all looking for a cut of the action. I think you need to see these pay-per-views happen because it's like, well, we're paying all of this money. We need to see eventually some of it come back. Now, everyone in their mom knows PFL 2024 is going to be different than 2023. It's going to be. It has to be. There's no way it's not. But this year, already set in stone, it just always was going to be what it is. And now look, we talked about it. The championship card is awesome. Add Kayla and Julia Bud, it's great. But when you talk about the paywall for non-UFC MMA, oh my lord. I get it, you get it, we all know it. And so... <sighs> I, I I said it. The biggest thing I would have wanted to see PFL do. Make sure Nganu's there. Make yeah. sure Jake Paul's there. Invite Mike Perry. Invite Luke Ross. Invite all these people and tease this idea that they all could be fighting on pay-per-view next year. And just make it like the soft launch of PFL 2024. Right. Instead, you put it all behind a paywall and it's like... I know what the fans are going to say. Oh, man, a night of pay-per-view that I'm not going to watch.
1: Yep, exactly, dude. It's very frustrating.
0: And that's that's what it comes down to. And I think that's where they are. And like I said, why does PFL do this? They probably are obligated to. They're not going to say it, but they're obligated to. This is one of those things people don't talk about because it's not as fun. And it doesn't make it seem as nice. Now it just looks like greedy corporations. But this is a business. The point is to make money. That's what's happening. So um, I hate to end the show on that note, so I want (laughs) to talk about it next week. uh, Not only do we have at UFC Bobby Green and Grant Dawson, we have Bellator 300. Usman, (laughs) Brent Primus, Ryan, Vassell, Cyborg, Zingano, Alimaleh, Liz Carmouche. I mean, what are your thoughts?
1: That, oh, man, that's, that is a very exciting card. And I love that Bellator is, you know, at 300 fights. You know, I, I, I don't know why I thought UFC was ahead of them, but so it's kind of like cool to see that Bellator gets the 300 first. But... Well,
0: remember, UFC,
1: uh,
0: all of Bellator's events are numbered. UFC only numbers pay-per-views. UFC is probably at like UFC 2201. That's
1: right. You're right. Um, Okay. Uh, So in any case, man, I'm more excited about the female fights. Cyborgs and Ganu, McFarlane, um, Carmouche. Like, those are the fights I want to see. And I'm really pumped for them.
0: So to me, everything has a story. And objectively, as fights, they're all great. For me, what I appreciate about this is the card is absolutely a great sign of where... What is the Bellator brand? And, yeah, I know Ryan Bader obviously made his name in UFC and all this other stuff. Cat and Cyborg and Liz. You know what? This, to me, like... I'll tell you right now. I remember interviewing Alima by Zoom... Probably like my first year of doing media. Uh huh. Um, she was not champ yet. She was planning to fight for the title still. Long time ago. And now I see her in a fight like this with Liz Carmooch. And, you know, like Ryan Bader, I talked to him at the very first. I, I think Ryan Bader was at the first event that I ever did that was major, not local, not a uh, regional. Um, and, you know, I talked to him the same day I talked to Fedor Emelianenko, which was, you know, you go to your first Bellator and you're talking to Fedor. I mean, yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe my, that I was living that life myself. And you know what? They have an event like this coming up next Saturday. And I'm just like, you know, it's just so awesome. Because I, once again, going back to my original point, I get it. A lot of people don't care about non-UFC stuff. I get it. Live your life. You know, you don't want to watch it. You don't. Watch watch whatever makes you happy, dude. You know, I'm not saying, oh, you really should be watching this if you like UFC. For us who are in it and who like it and who love it and who've been along with this, for UFC and everything else that's out there, it's really awesome to see a brand like Bellator have a night like this I like it for the guys and girls involved. I know about the the behind-the-scenes stuff a bit. I think it's really awesome that they can celebrate how much their careers have been built. Look at the career Ryan has had. And Liz, and Alima, Usman, freaking on a roll. I mean, come on. That, That kid's got such a bright future ahead of him right now. I think it's so awesome. And so... I get it once again. I know what I say about the Bellators and the PFLs and the mountain they're climbing. If you're a fan and you watch it and you know you know how cool 300 is. And I love that for everybody who does know because it reminds me of when I got into UFC. It was kind of like before the band blew up. Like, I remember seeing people in 2008 and they'd have a tap-out shirt and you're wearing one and you kind of, it's like a secret, it's like, do you watch UFC? Yeah, do you? And then you just have like this inside thing with people that no one else knew about. And it's awesome. I like that Bellator, if you know, you guys get to enjoy 300. And that's what makes me really happy about it. So that's where I stand. All the fights are good. I know I got poetic, but I feel like I need to because that last segment might have taken a turn. I love it. So that, that's what I love more about the Bellator stuff. We're not going to talk about the sentiment as much as the fights next show, but that's what I want you to know. That is why Bellator 300 is so awesome. And here we go. Uh, Natalie, any more final thoughts? No, man. Well said. I mean, look, it's been a great show. We're glad to be back. We're Obviously, no fights to recap, but we'll break down all of the upcoming action, the latest in MMA news. So until then, remember to like, comment, subscribe, and we'll be back next week.